Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Margaret. What's up? In the history of Singapore, who do you think is the most infamous, like the scariest? Smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Smarter is quite scary, lah. Yeah, yeah. But how about Adrian Lim? He was a spiritual medium, a bomo of sorts, and he worshipped all sorts of deities and killed two children as sacrifice. Hi, I'm Teddy, and I'm Margaret, and welcome to A Brief Case. Today, we're covering Adrian Lim, Singapore's monster. Homebred, eat Singaporean food, <laughs> grew up here. So let's start all the way from the beginning. Adrian Lim was born on 6th January 1942. So that was somewhere during World War II. He was the son of a civil servant and his mom was a housewife. They had three kids and Adrian was the oldest. He grew up in Serangoon Garden, so you can tell he's kind of like middle class, middle, middle upper class I would say. And he did go to ACS, Anglo-Chinese school. So he flunked out of ACS in Sec 1 and he ends up dropping out from school like just all together. Why? He got into fights or... I don't know, do homework, fuck school. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, and then after that, we also didn't really know what he did during his teenage years, you know? When his parents school him, like, the parents quite affluent, right? They show tiger mom, tiger dad. No leh. So he just, like, doesn't seem to do much. And in the end, he gets his first job at 19 as an informant for ISD, Internal Security Department. Wow, that's a bit random, ah. <laughs> I think I, any school dropout can aim this kind of job, man. I, I, I don't know either, but like, I think the job, right, was really quite hyung or something, and he ends up quitting after a couple of months. Oh, he got burnt out, ah. Maybe. He's too high. So his next job was actually with Rediffusion. Oh, the... What's that? They sell the uh, radio sets. Yeah. Door to door one. Yeah. yeah and Last time my grandfather is the one who helped them collect money. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, so that's how they knew each other. Shit. Oh, alright. Okay, we just got... some background information. Yeah, my grandfather knew this uh, Adrian Lim guy. They're good friends. <laughs> alright, Margaret. So now, he was at Rediffusion. So if you're a bit younger, you won't be too familiar with this. But yeah, as Margaret described... It was something like radio sales. And if you buy your records now, especially from secondhand record shops, you'll see a lot of them still have Rediffusion Singapore written on them. Yeah, because yeah. uh, from what I know from my grandma, this Rediffusion uh, radio thing, right? So last time, uh, before TV, uh, before like everyone had their own radio in the house, so they would like... Uh, 
rent each household would sort of like rent this uh, from radio rediffusion. yeah for rediffusion yeah this uh, radio set thing so every month you pay money right so my grandfather is the person who goes door to door and then like ask them oh to pay their gosh. monthly fees and shit so what's Adrian Lim he also went door to door to collect the monthly fees and shit oh okay, is okay. it okay. shit their colleagues wait let me let me continue okay okay so right <clears throat> he sticks with rediffusion for quite a while So you don't get to be the door-to-door guy immediately So he first starts off as a wireman So like the electrician So like I, fix the video Yeah, up. so I think a bit like Saikang like that <laughs> Then only after 3 years Then he got promoted to the bill collector Oh Yeah, so I think that was How the same How is that a promotion? I'd rather go and fix the radio Than go and ask people to pay money Like don't chuck eh Maybe pay more money, you know the Like sales la, got la. commission I don't know Yeah so anyway, he, he quite likes Rediffusion or something lah, but, mm. but he ends up working for them for 14 years. Mm, maybe because he had best yeah. friends there, I don't know. <laughs> so in his personal life, so that was his professional ra- life, right? In his personal life, he marries his childhood sweetheart when he was 22. Alright, and at the same time, he ends up converting to become a Roman Catholic. So previously, what, what was his religion? No, don't know, not stated. Oh, Taoist, Buddhist, that kind, right? Don't know, maybe he just didn't have a religion, you know? But last time, oh. like, usually they have. But ACS? Okay, I don't know, like, any kind of, like, religion can go to that school, lah. Yeah. Alright, so this whole time, he was just, like, a regular family man with a regular job. And then, he meets his wife, he gets married, they have two children, they have a son and a daughter. And about six years after he gets married... He buys a three-room flat in Topayo, which I think is not a bad area. Which is near where my grandparents live last time. <laughs> <laughs> Their neighbours. Oh. So now working as a bill collector for Rediffusion, he ends up meeting a lot of people, like your grandfather. And some of the people that he met ends up introducing him to black magic. And like becoming a bomo and all this spirituality thing. Oh, my grandfather also, I don't know, is it under his influence, also changed with his religion? Maybe they all met at Rediffusion, then they like... Oh my god, is it a Rediffusion cult? (laughs) (laughs) All changing their religions together, or like sharing their religions with one another. So weird. Okay, so one of the people that he ends up meeting wasn't a Bomo, but ends up introducing him to a like actual practicing Bomo. And the the Bomo, or like spiritual medium, if you will, his name was Uncle Willie. Willie sounds like a dick. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. (laughs) So Uncle Willie lived in Upper Changi Road. Mm -hmm. And Adrian ends up learning all sorts of different kinds of black magic things from Uncle Willie. So what's interesting, I also thought, was that there wasn't any particular origin for this black magic. Alright, according to Adrian, when they visited his house, there were idols, deities from all sorts of religion, from Chinese to Indonesian to Indian to Thai. It was just like Japalam. Oh, okay. In uh, Usually for our side of Southeast Asia, we would think it's like black magic comes from either like Indonesia, Malaysia, like the Bobo yeah. one, or the Thai one. Yeah, yeah, usually it's like one particular area of origin. 
Alright, so now Uncle Willie taught Adrian how to worship these gods, but there were two more notable ones that we're gonna point out first, alright? So these are the ones that like Adrian particularly liked. And as a disclaimer, this is what Uncle Willie and Adrian Lim believed. So it might not necessarily be how the actual religion or like... Yeah, how other people worship the yeah, same god. Yeah, exactly. Ah. So I think Uncle Willie and Adrian Lim were just kind of like about that, you know? <laughs> Wait, what's, what's the two gods? Okay, so the first one was a goddess of Siamese origin. Thailand ah. I I don't know, they just call it Siamese. Maybe it's like... Uh, Siam, Thailand Kingdom. I don't yeah. Know. So it was called Pragnagan or Praganan. Sounds like Praganan. <laughs> <laughs> I I am hundred percent not pronouncing it correctly. All right. So, but the whole okay, deal. Okay, shouldn't make fun of God's names. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. <laughs> Many apologies. Okay, she agreed. It's quite late. <laughs> it is. 12.30 midnight. Oh no. <laughs> Alright. So anyway, the whole deal with this goddess was that she was a... Pregnant? Okay, no. Sex. Sex. She was a sex goddess. Okay, that's not any better. <laughs> okay. And then you have to make a lot of like very strange offerings to her, okay? So there was like a rose perfume made from an unmarried woman's bodily fluids and pubic hair. So I'm guessing mm. by unmarried, they mean virgin lah. Because last time, unmarried basically means virgin. Not now though. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like a lot of black magic, they like to like deal with virgins and shit. Yeah, what's yeah. the deal with virgins? These dirty old men, ah, they want type pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like and menstrual pads, like you can offer menstrual pads to the goddess Ew. in her altar, but it's like oh, it's so weird. Damn gross. Why? Why she want? Why? Why doesn't she want a delicious snack of rice? Exactly, <laughs> like normal people, <laughs> like normal gods, you put a bit of rice, a bit of wine, an orange maybe. Yeah. Why? Sanitary pet. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. And the thing was that um, Adrian was Catholic, right? He's supposed to be Roman Catholic. And his wife is also supposed to be Roman Catholic. So he can't just have some sex god altar <laughs> in his bedroom, right? Because by right, you're supposed to have this sex god altar in your bedroom with the... Must with, be bedroom one. Ah. Yeah, must be bedroom one because it's a sex god. Oh yeah, true. Different kind of god got different place to put. Like yeah. kitchen god must put uh, below your like kitchen cabinet in, or something. In your hearth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the sex god needed to go in the bedroom. But like his, his wife obviously would be like, what, what, what the hell is this? Bro, sir, husband. Alright, so instead, like, Uncle Willie's like, okay, look, you don't have to have the whole, like, altar thing. Why don't you just have this amulet, this... No shebang. Yeah, no shebang. Okay, so, so, like, that night he takes home the amulet and he puts it under the bed, unbeknownst to his wife. Mm-hmm. So like stealthing her with this sex goddess. Does it have enhancing features? Yeah, so <laughs> apparently he said that this was like the best sex that him and his wife ever had after he put the sex goddess under his bed. And I don't know if it, it's like placebo, you know, in his head. Yeah. Oh damn. Right? I, I bet like the listeners now are wondering, where do I get this? <laughs> <laughs> if I must offer your pet and uh, your pubic, oh, I must go and find virgin to give. Oh true. <laughs> a, bit, a bit weird. <laughs> hard, uh. <laughs> okay, so the other goddess that Adrian did worship like a lot also, that Uncle Willie also initiated him to, was, um, I think you might be more familiar with this one, the Hindu goddess Kali. Oh, the one that a lot of like skulls on the neck. Yeah, yeah. So the blue color one. So they worshipped a version of her, and Kali was very powerful. She was like something like the goddess of death. Mm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, because we're not very sure. About we're, this. we're not super sure, and this is just all from. Oh yes, before I continue, 
I referenced many sauces for this case, but the one sauce in particular that really had the most details was Unholy Trinity by Alan John. So he's a Singaporean um, journalist writer and this book was just fantastic. It was like riveting. I sat down and I read it all in one sitting and if you are Singaporean or like if you are part of the National Library I or can quite an NLB. Yes, you can just borrow it online on NLB and you can just read it on your laptop all at once. So Unholy Trinity by Alan John. Freaking fantastic. This Adrian Lim case lah. Exactly. This whole Adrian Lim case. I referenced this like massively. I also referenced a bunch of other sources like Wikipedia and online. But this book more than anything provided the really nitty gritty details. Awesome. Go read it at night. <laughs> <laughs> I read it at night. It was very scary. Okay. Moving on. So he worshipped the goddess Kali, right? And Kali was very powerful. So if she was going to grant any request at all, right? You gotta give her some blood. The bigger the request, the more blood. So you can give her chicken blood lah. But if you give her chicken blood, that means that your request better be damn small lah. Or like you get what you, you, you know, pay. give to her. Yeah. yeah, so if you're asking for something really big, right? The best is somebody else's blood. Virgin blood? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the virgin it, Maybe, here. maybe, maybe, maybe the virgin blood was a thing. We don't know that. Can take the menses pet and then you offer to the first one, then later you squeeze it out. <laughs> I don't think it counts. Like, you're not offered. The, it's damn disrespectful. Like, you bring to your father to eat. First thing you bring to your mother, mommy, I love you. Oh, it's like you go pie-pie the food and the food no taste ready, that kind. Yeah, it's damn disrespectful. Okay, okay. And on top of that, right... Uncle Willie also taught Adrian Lim his most famous or infamous trick, alright? Is this illusion that convinced people that Adrian Lim could really, really do magic? Is it the egg one? Is the egg one. Okay. That was so easy to do. I also can do. Okay, so it's very similar. So exactly what happened is that Adrian Lim... So you need to have a bit of pizzazz. You can't just do that. So Adrian Lim will go to his client and he'll be like, Oh, you are, you are possessed. Somebody has cursed you. Then he'll wrap the egg all over his client and then he will crack the egg and inside the egg will be black needles and the black needles is the evil spell or the possession that has gone into the egg has transferred transference by Adrian Lim's magical black magic powers but how they did it right is that they will heat up a needle until it was super black and then they would burn the needle and when the needle was super hot it actually punctured the eggshell really easily because eggshells oh. are just like calcium so like yeah, it's not a company. hole so it will like puncture a very very small hole and when we pulled it out right the like black remains of the needle which look like black needles will remain in the egg and you could the just ash, uh. yeah you could just patch it with like a bit of powder so oh. it's like a small hole so there's no actual needles inside it's just the chowta the ash, on chow- the needle yeah it's just the chowta on the needle that looks like needles in the egg oh so later this- I go try <laughs> <laughs> later you go and try you can be a bomo too guys Ooh, come yeah. to my shop <laughs> it voila now you're a bomo and so he didn't just learn everything from Uncle Willie though. So even though Willie was the one who like initiated him into this Bomo life, he also learned about other Siamese and Malay black magic from a man called Lee Tang Ki in Geelang. Tang Ki. <laughs> Lee Tang Ki. <laughs> okay. And then he paid five hundred dollars. Five hundred. For six weeks of lessons from Lee Tanki. Wow, upskill eh. Skills future. Okay, so he also learned 
about love and sex magic from the same two men. So, what? Uh, sounds like a lot of nonsense to me. So, for example, if you want your wife or your girlfriend, or in this case, your husband or your boyfriend to stay with you, right? You need to give them some of your pee to drink. Not the you put the that nasi, nasi kangka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but Adrian Lim's version is that you needed to give them your pee to drink. Alright, you heard me. Wait, tell them what's the context of the nasi kangkang. You can Google it, guys. Nasi kangkang, K A N G K A N G. Alright, and then right, another way is that you give them a blowy. What's a blowy? Oh, okay, okay. Eat the hot dog. Yeah, yeah. And then right, you make sure that they swallow after. Then your wife and girlfriend will stay with you forever. Wait, so. Cannot be what they must do something else, right? No, no, no. It's just that if you you give a blow and then swallow, cause like you know last time people don't. Huh? But don't a lot of people swallow? <laughs> then everyone also on a with a spell already, why? Hey Margaret, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, no. So, I don't know much about black magic, but like I seriously doubt the efficacy of uh, these uh, love love spells. They practice on each other. Ah. <laughs> Those guys, eh? <laughs> That's what I was most dubious about. Yeah, okay, so now the whole time that Adrian is learning about black magic, he still has his day job with Rediffusion and mm. your grandfather. And he still has his family and he's still working a regular job. Alright, but you know Adrian, for lack of a better word, was quite the chikope. I'm not surprised. Yeah, so he started watching porn and he watched like a lot of porn. And then, you know, last time got no, no porn hub, got no like X Hamster, no, none of that shit. Uh-huh. Uh, so none, all those from. websites that you should not, you know, you should go out of your way to avoid, you know, those are terrible websites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he actually had to go out and like get like the DVDs, like the Ayo, VHS. So of the Yeah, and then, you know, it's illegal in Singapore. MDA gonna come for your ass. So this is when he had his first run-in with the law in 1973. The police raided his flat and arrested him for having illegal porn. How scary is that, you know? Because imagine you're just like wanking off to your like <laughs> illegal... Stash. Yeah, and then boom! Maka. <laughs> yeah, so he was charged in court and I don't think that he served any prison time. Come and on like he's just being a normal man. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. When I read that I was also a bit like, are you sure they were looking for porn? Because like it feels like Is he distributing the yeah, porn? Yeah, so distributing I, I Is think, he filming the porn? So that's the thing. I think like <laughs> the police wouldn't come after you for personal consumption, but if he mm. was filming and distributing, they would go after you. Because mm. if not then the police would have to go after most of Singapore. Exactly. Yeah. Like which guy wouldn't have some stash somewhere? Maybe picture only uh. Maybe like just the magazine or Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, shortly after that, while he was working as a bill collector, he meets a woman called Susan. Now, Susan is a superstitious woman, and she believes in the black magic. So, Susan was his client or? He, uh, the rediffusion client. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. he go and collect bill from her lah. Yeah, but then Susan's superstition, then they, they talk, 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 talk. Then Adrian Lim, even though he's a chico, but he's very charming, right? So, he ends up worming his way into a house. And then he ends up renting a room to work as a pomo in her house, essentially. What? <laughs> yeah. Alright, so he set up the room with the photos, the altars, the idols. So, basically everything that he couldn't set up at home because his house was a nice Catholic home. Mm. Yeah. 
and Susan introduced him to his first clients. So initially, he serviced mostly aunties. His business was booming. He had like a regular roster of aunties visiting him to like... For what? Uh, black Sex. magic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then he would end up working at Susan's house until very late at night. And his wife would be like, Oi, what are you doing? And then he would just be like, Oh, sorry, you gotta work late. So never trust men when they say they gotta work late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then Adrian's business was growing and growing. And soon it wasn't just aunties. It was Susan's bar girlfriends, you know, like oh, <laughs> hostesses. Oh, she worked in bar lah. No lah, but she got friends who work in bar, you know. Oh, I see. KTV. <laughs> no lah, I think last time it's just the bar. Last time a lot of people, a lot of girls work as bar girls. Oh yeah, like last time a lot of locals work as bar girls. Yeah. Rather than now it's outsourced, everything yeah. outsourced. So this is where Adrian's true pervert came out. His first kind of victim was this girl called Christina. Okay, and she was a bar girl and also a prostitute. Like that was just her job. She was a bar girl mm. and a prostitute. Alright, and she was 22 years old, which is very young to be a bar girl and a prostitute, but, you know, different times. Alright, at first she started seeing him for headaches, alright? Which, honestly, you should be seeing a regular doctor for headaches. Later you get brain aneurysm. Yeah, or yeah. heart attack. I mean, not heart attack, uh, hypertension. Yeah, something. exactly. So at first he was seeing him for headaches, but then when he found out that she was a prostitute, he convinced her that she wasn't pretty and that her luck was bad. That's why she couldn't get clients. Ayo, why he go and like exploit women like that? Why really an asshole, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then he told her that he had a ritual that he can perform in order to make her beautiful. Okay, and this ritual, right? She had to be naked for this, and then eventually, while he was performing the ritual, halfway through, he was like, "Ooh, I must have sex with you because I am a guru and a holy person. For this ritual to work, we must have sex." Uh, he just want free service lah. Yeah, and then she had to do this many, many times. She couldn't just have this ritual and sex once to do it many times. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> okay, and Christina wasn't the only girl that he did this to, and she wasn't the youngest. And Adrian Lim wasn't just a pervert, he was a pedo, okay? How old? So he did this same ritual to a 16-year-old girl, other prostitutes who wanted to get better business, and even women, middle-aged married women who wanted to keep their husbands from straying by having sex with him. That's counterintuitive. <laughs> like, like the whole range from like, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but like it feels like his favourite was like young girls. Okay, so while he's doing this, he ends up meeting, very important, 18-year-old Catherine Tan Mui Chu in 1974, right? So Catherine was working at a champagne bar in Anson Road. And she didn't visit him alone. She visited him with two girlfriends who also worked in the same bar. And they visited Adrian because they thought some other like jealous girls in the bar cast a spell on them. Alright, so now Adrian is superficial as fuck. So he looked at all of them and he decided, mm, Catherine has the best body. I want her to be my mistress. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. What about the other girls? They feel so sad. I mean, he, it didn't stop him from having sex with the other girls also. La. <laughs> <laughs> but he told Catherine that he loved her, alright? And Catherine, being a good girl, told him that she couldn't have an affair with him because he was married. But then she still gave him her number. Hmm. But then she still let him go to the bar that she worked and meet and date him. So the other interesting thing is that Catherine's family was also Roman Catholic. So, like, I think Adrian Lim had a thing for the... 
Roman, Roman Catholic, Catholic girls. Yeah. yeah. So and she went to school in CHIJ in Victoria Street, and after that she went to Macpherson Secondary School. All right. So I think she came from a very difficult home because when she was like a teenager, for no reason at all, her parents suddenly sent her to a girls' home. It's like they suddenly just didn't want her. What is that loud? Apparently it was. Like, so, they eventually end up having sex, you know? And Adrian convinces her that he has a heart problem. He's like, I have a heart problem. I'm going to die. I'm so old. I'm going to die. And I must have sex with you because <laughs> you're so young. And having sex with young girls will keep my heart problem from killing me. So, that's, like, very manipulative. That's for shit. As in, full <laughs> yeah, of shit. Excuse. Yeah. So, now, Catherine's friends told her, Hey, Catherine, it's a damn shitty idea to have an affair with a married man. So... You know where I stand on this. It's a damn shitty idea to have an affair with a married man. And Catherine actually told him. Catherine went to him and he was like, Adrian, my friend said it's a shitty idea to have an affair <laughs> with a married man. And Adrian was like, well, you can either have me or your friends. And then she chose him. What? And left the bar that she worked at to work at another bar. <sighs> yeah, I got... <laughs> ah, Katrina. Okay. So, for some reason, even though he's a successful rediffusion bill collector and uh, Bomo, she ends up giving money to him. Huh? Yeah, she, she starts giving money to him and he starts sleeping overnight at her place. And then this made his wife suspicious, okay? His wife is like, the fuck you are, bro? Yeah, like totally not ca- even coming home now. Yeah, okay. And... He would tell his wife he went fishing, right? He went overnight fishing with the bros. And then, like, to show his wife off, he'll actually buy fish from the market on the way home. So he was a shitty husband as well. Yeah. Oh my god, that's damn terrible. The wife must be, like, so sad. Angry. Alright, so now remember Susan. The whole time, Adrian was working out of Susan's house in Alexandra Road, right? Okay, so now Susan accuses Adrian of cheating her of money because they were supposed to split the profits from his Bomo business because he was taking the room from her, right? And so Adrian, he's then pissed off. So he ends up packing up and leaving her house. But he ends up losing a business and a big bulk of his clientele because most of his clientele are like her friends, all right? So does he like set up shop somewhere else? No, he convinces Catherine to become... A prostitute. What? Wait, Catherine not prostitute in the first place, man? No, no, no. Catherine not prostitute. She's a bar girl. She's a bar girl. She's a hostess and a bar Oops. girl only. <laughs> uh, it's the first girl. The first girl that he had sex with. She okay. was a prostitute. Yeah. So, in the day, Catherine will work as a prostitute. So, she'll entertain three men in the afternoon for $150 each. So, she had a pimp that wasn't Adrian. So, it was just like a regular, regular pimp. pimp. Yeah. So, the pimp will get $50 and uh, Adrian will get 100 and Catherine will get nothing. What? Yeah. So, in what one day... What is doing this for? Yeah, exactly. So, you might so like not, you know? Alright. And now, Adrian had some fucking audacity, okay? Get ready. Okay. I, I mean, it's really quite absurd, really. Yeah. He brings Catherine home for his son's birthday party and introduces her to his wife on at his son's birthday party at his son's birthday party okay did the wife like just flip out and like just 
kill him or whatever. Okay. At first, his wife was like, the fuck, Adrian? Who, who the fuck is this? Alright? And then he was like, well, this girl, Catherine, she needs a place to stay and we can make some money by renting out a room to her. And the wife was like, she realized something was up and she confronted Adrian about it and Adrian denied it and then his wife was like, well, kick this Catherine girl out if there's like nothing going on, right? Mm. And then to appease his wife, he swore on a picture of Jesus Christ that he wasn't having an affair with Catherine. And it's his, not what will happen. Yeah. <laughs> not his kukutia will drop. <laughs> and like, he, even his wife knew he was full of shit because yeah. when he raised his first hand to swear, he felt a great pain. <laughs> because his wife tried to stab him with a kitchen knife. What? Wait, she, she tried to stab him? With a kitchen knife. Of course he felt pain lah. <laughs> yeah, so Katrin ends up being involved in this argument. At first she denies it. She's like, no, me, mistress, no. And then she ends up telling Adrian's wife. She's like, you know what, screw you. If you want to die, you can go ahead and kill yourself. What? And she ends up going to the kitchen and shoving some medication, like some sort of like medication at the wife because the wife at some point was suicidal before. Oh. Which is damn Set. The wife takes the pills that Katrine shoved at her. Mm-hmm. Alright. And she ends up passing out and going to the hospital. Oh, she really want to eat it? Yeah. I yeah. know. Why she followed? I think because she was just very upset. And he was just awful to her. Alright. Mm. And at the hospital, Adrian calls his wife's parents up and ends up admitting to the affair. So the wife's parents, his in-laws, take the children and leave. And his wife ends up divorcing him and getting custody. Yeah. And that was the end of Adrian's, like, normal life. life. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Not not that he really wanted it to begin with, honestly. Mm. Or, like, maybe not that he really wanted it at that point in the end. Alright, Margaret. Yep. Thanks for part one of our Adrian Lim two-part special. It was really juicy. Alright, I hope you listeners enjoyed the first part of this Adrian Lim case. And this was already a very long one. So, join us next week for part 2 of Adrian Lim, Singapore's Monster, The Ritual Murders. You can find us on Instagram at a briefcase podcast and online at a briefcasepodcast.com. And do join us next week for another briefcase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.